Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. Center of the Galaxy, this is Four Center Podcast Feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of Star Wars Rank. Meet a guest, ranking things in Star Wars, and we are continuing our Favorite Lines series. And to do that is the man who's been listing favorite lines with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. It's all I ever do. It's sometimes just speak to other friends. All I do is just tell them a list of my favorite lines from anything. Just a random episode of Cheers. Here's my five favorite lines. In, 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 honorable yeah. mentions, of course. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's kind of what you have to do. You can't have, uh, you know, even amongst friends, uh, you go out for some fast food. That becomes a debate about which fast food hamburger is the best. So it's <laughs> the life we lived in. We live in here now. Exactly. Things must be ranked. And they're very, these are very, very fun to rank. It's such a great and different way to look at and think about the films. It absolutely is. It's been a fun journey. We are doing it in release order, which almost was a clerical error when we started this. Joseph and I started looking at the original trilogy, so let's go back to the prequels. And then here we are in the sequel era. Instead of going seven, eight, nine, I just, I just, I've been having a lot of fun, Joseph, of trying to just transport my mind back to the the, the time and even the, the day these movies were released, or I saw them the first time. So we're going to 2016 with Rogue One. Are you are you having that experience too, or is it just my weird mind that I'm just like I, I more than any other time we've discussed these films I'm really reliving them yeah I don't, yeah I think uh, as there some of them are getting farther into the past I think for me the experience I'm going through is thinking about how they've lived in both my imagination and the cultural imagination uh, mm. because like for most of them I think without re-watching even a second of the films I could come up with five lines yeah. But then looking at them from the perspective of like, well, what are the lines that that really hold the meaning of the film? What's just a weird line? You know, what's mm -hmm. a line that means a lot to me? What's a line that I can't leave out because it's one of the most popular, well-known lines? And it, that's, I think, has been such an interesting filter to just, uh, like I said, think about how they live in my imagination, but also uh, just the general culture. Yeah, you're right to touch on like all sides of the, the conversation, so to speak, and, and picking these lines. Um, uh, when it comes to Rogue One, or center listeners probably know the some of the lines that you and I might be discussing because we've referenced them many times, both the absurd and the profound. profound. <laughs> uh, and, and some of those lines are going to pop up here today. But there's some lines uh, that popped out to me on this rewatch where I'm like, yeah, uh, the nostalgia for 2016 is already present. Like it already feels ages ago. Yeah. Uh, so I'm having fun doing that. But then now just as the story is rolled out and and uh, we here at Force Center have really focused on themes and what what – the emotional canon and connections through all the movies, some of these lines popped out more than they ever have before. Um, so that's been part of the fun looking back, but then also going back and those initial viewings and what you were, you know, generally uh, all of us were drawn to upon first viewings. And for me, it was look at that. They explode, uh, which has importance in this movie. So it's been fun just all the way around. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of explosions for sure <laughs> in a fun way. That was a, the the uh, favorite thing for me with Rogue One is you know we have described it in the past on Four Centers if it's not you know uh, the favorite Star Wars film it has to me the title the safest to bring up at a party <laughs> because so many people absolutely love this movie. It speaks to people, and it seems like even people who dislike it or have some uh, questions about it. Nobody uh, just really viscerally spends time uh, critiquing, like attacking this film. Like it doesn't seem to make anybody furious. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Even back in the day, there was a little bit. And again, it did very well at the box office. We're, you know, we're, we're two years into the, these this new era of, of content and movies back then in 2016. But there were some discussions, but it was it was a different kind of discussion, right? It was a little bit more of, ah, the second act this, or uh, you could tell the, the Tony Garoy and the reshoots, the reshoots, the reshoots. And why wasn't the trailer, you know, all that, that was more the conversation. And it, and it really did just kind of flitter away and, and became just kind of this well-received movie. Yeah. And, and I still think that for me, there are some parts of the film where it's like, Ooh, I, I think there would have been room to go a little deeper on this character, or a little mm -hmm. deeper on this idea, or maybe smooth out this transition. So I definitely have those. I have those for a lot of films, but Rogue One as a whole, 
is so full of uh, great visuals, great characters, and big ideas that I, I walk away from Rogue One happy every time I watch it. Yeah, and, and my final thought on just the overall um, look at Rogue One is, yeah, it is a, almost to a punchline. I still have friends who make very funny punchlines of uh, Catalyst. You need to read Catalyst, and you need to read the book. It'll make Rogue One make more sense, and that's often said with cynicism underneath it all. Um, but it, 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 it does speak to some things that maybe aren't are, are present but not as as deep as they could be. Not necessarily, I'm not saying should be, uh, as could be in the film. And the books around it, Catalyst, Rebel Rising, uh, man, they do just such a great job of taking these characters and giving us more and more and more. And that's uh, part of the fun, being a Star Wars fan. Exactly. They give us more, but I think the movie does work all by its lonesome. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about it via its uh, its lines. Let's go in where we, we, as always, work our way five to one. We'll have some honorable mentions in there as well. Joseph, let's kick it off with your number five from your most favorite lines in Rogue One, a Star Wars story. <laughs> This uh, list was really hard, Ken, because I, my initial list was mostly just kind of weird fun lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of lines with depth, a lot of lines that have really uh, been ringing out and helping people, you know, I think define big ideas in Star Wars. So I did want to include uh, some of those. So my number five is uh, starting with one that I think really captures some important things about the film. And it's also just fun to say along with the character. My <laughs> yes. number five is save the rebellion. Save the dream. Uh, just the amazing uh, weirdness of mm-hmm. uh, Forrest Whitaker's performance as Saw Gerrera. That is not a criticism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a celebration. I love that he's different and unique on that Save the Rebellion, Save the Dream. There's, it, it, it's such a straightforward line, uh, but there's just so much emotion to it in the way it's delivered. It comes in this kind of dark moment that, uh, that uh, you know, fans have even discussed of like, well, why didn't, why didn't he try to leave with Jen, you know? Right. Um, and for me, I, you know, I feel like that is, is about his earlier line of the, there's, there's not much of me left. I think he means yeah. that both physically, <laughs> yeah. how fast am I going to be able to run away? But more importantly, emotionally of like, I have given my entire soul. I have a sliver of my soul left mm-hmm. because I have done so many violent things to oppose the empire and for the greater good of restoring, you know, actual freedom and and peace to the galaxy to end the suffering that the empire has, uh, you know, created. So I feel like in this line, there is this great baton of hope is the way I often describe Rogue One. There are many lines, I think, uh, that are part of that, many actions that are part of it. But I feel like Sagarera isn't leaving because he sees that this spark has been awakened in Jyn Erso. And yeah. he, he trusts that he's done his part. He's delivered the message. Uh, and she is going to be able to save the rebellion, save the dream of mm. the Empire falling. I also just, uh, the thing I've really been appreciating with Rogue One the last couple of times I watched it is, it, it, that I think is in this line, it's uh, easy to focus on like, you know, the it, this is the rebels versus the empire. Mm-hmm. But it really is the story of the the rebels saving themselves. Um, yep. Normally, when we talk about fear versus hope in Star Wars, it's because the Sith or other villains are trying to use fear to break people down and uh, the good guys hold on to hope. And to me, the story of Rogue One is all of the people, the the, the rebels, uh, Saw's partisans have been fighting so long and so hard that they're giving in to cynicism, to mm-hmm. apathy, to 
the idea of like, yeah, there's, there's no hope that this is going to work out. You know, General Draven saying, just kill him because there's no hope yeah. that he's going to be useful to us. You know, and I think the reason I picked this line partially is that this is the last, you know, some of the final moments of Saw Gerrera's life that he's led, led very brutally mm. that he ends with hope, right? Yeah. Save the rebellion from itself mm-hmm. <laughs> and save the dream that all of this was worth it and will restore a better galaxy. Going all the way back to Andron and, and the loss of, of Stila Guerrera and everything. And, and it's all in there. And this is, I think what I love about Rogue One and, and, and I'll say solo, but Rogue One, it just invites you to connect to all parts of the Star Wars story and, 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 and this rebellion and the empire and the rebels and all those kind of things. And even the force and the Jedi who weren't there target at one point saying that that's it. That's one of the last reminders, Jedi, uh, one of the last reminders of, of, of Jedi. It's gone. We're done. Um, so I do love this line and it, and it's, and it's memorable and it, uh, it's quotable. And sometimes it's not quoted in uh, with all the respect. I think that's uh, deserved, uh, but <laughs> yes, going to, and I love Forrest Whitaker's choice here because going to, we often talk about, hey, this is one of the characters that the, 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 the creators of this film said, hey, we need this type of, of, of rebel. And, and, and we're not saying this exactly happened this way, but essentially story group or someone comes back and goes, hey, you got this guy uh, who, who George put in there. He's in the Clone Wars. And, what, and, and I think on the surface, especially when you're hearing this back in 2016, you can be like, oh, yeah, it's a rebel. He loves uh, launching rockets at kids and he's kind of on the edge. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, he's gone too far and Mothma has that look. And, and that's all there. And the, and, and the, the rivalry, rivalry and war between Saw and, and Mon Mothma is, is tremendously intriguing. And I hope we get to live with it a little bit more. Uh, but also what this – think of Cassian. Think of Cassian Andor saying, I, I, you know, all the horrible things I've done, I, I want it to be worth something. And you have Saw Gerrera who's been fighting for decades, who is now, he's gone. He's given himself up, his soul, his body, his feet, his breath, his lungs. He is gone. He has given everything and he's got the hope it was all worth it. And that, as you said, the Batana hope is present at the end. And he sees Jin crying before or the hologram of her father. He he knows, he has faith and trust that it, it, it has been passed on and his fight is no more. And there's just something, you take that and then and you, and you t- attach it to what Cassian's saying uh, and what is one of the things prevalent through the movie of, of these horrible things we're doing, can it be worth it? Or just we just can continue to lose pieces of ourselves. And then it all comes down to Saw saying, yes, the answer is yes, it's worth it. Choose hope. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I think it is. Um, I, I understand that the uh, delivery is uh, something to have fun with. That's part of what makes me like it even more of. Um, yes. I think I think one of the reasons that people like Rogue One is in general, it's a little bit grittier. It's a little bit more uh, down to to Earth, <laughs> yeah. down to Jeddah. But I still like for myself that the slightly heightened, the slightly romantic, the slightly weird. That's a part of what Star Wars charm is. So these big ideas delivered in a slightly weird off way is just beautiful to me absolutely beautiful we'll talk a little bit more about saw in the honorable mentions there's one i did i might just toss it in the honorable mentions now because it is just a a side that i just love the delivery of it's everything about saw for me so uh uh, that is your number five and a great way to start the list because it's perhaps one of the most memorable lines from (laughs) rogue one uh so we'll go to my number five and i think uh another memorable line it's a great meme if you you know you need to text it back to a friend in a GIF form, you got it because it's great. <laughs> and it is director Orson Callan Krennic looking at the destruction of Jeddah and saying, oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> love this line. I love what it means. I love um, 
I love what, when I say love, I mean, it's destruction and it's horrendous and it's the empire, but it's almost the flip side of what you're uh, putting out there with Saw. Uh, what is all, is this all worth it? Yes, choose hope. And here's this other side of uh, our, our quest for power. The story of Krennic's uh, middle management rise mm-hmm. <laughs> it, uh, is so powerful, especially, yeah, and I'll say it, go to Catalyst. You learn a little bit more about who he was and, and he's not someone who I, in my mind, I don't look at him as um, inherently evil early on in his life, meaning he wasn't out here to, 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 to oppress. He's out here to do great at his job. And that's all he's obsessed with it. And he's obsessed with it. And what he is, his obsession is what's destroying him. And along the way, his grasp for power is what's starting to oppress is what's starting to destroy. And he becomes evil. Yeah. I consider him an evil character, but I'm saying at some point he sets out to, I just want to do this, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to defend Krennic here, but I, I think you know what I mean. Uh, and then you have this moment of just this horrible destruction that, that you know is happening. We're seeing it on the ground. But also, by the way, all the all the people you just kind of saw in Jeddah are dying or dead at this point. And for him to say that, to be so blind to the destruction, because all he sees is his own his own promotion, his own power, <laughs> his own uh, uh, just monster of a machine that he's helped create and, and been leading on it. It is everything about the empire and, and how you and I talk often about the light and the dark just manifests itself in so many different ways in star Wars and, 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 and the dark side destroys. And this is a middle management dude in a nice Cape destroying and destroying for nothing but simple proof of his power not even his own power just proof i got power i got more power give me more power can i get a meeting with palpatine can i get this can i get that uh and then he is of course in the end destroyed by this his obsession his quest for power he is destroyed by it when he looks up and sees the death star take out the scarf base and he's the first to go so yep. uh, i love what this it means and it's also quite frankly really fun to text back to people it really is. It is an extremely handy GIF. <laughs> extremely great uh, delivery. Just so much charm uh, from Ben Mendelssohn that uh, that sells it all, right? Yeah, yeah no, I, lo- I, I, I think there's that moment in Catalyst that really unlocked Krennic for me where it's early on and he's really analyzing where he's been seated in a briefing meeting because it's all about mm-hmm. status. And yeah. I, yeah, I agree with you that he's, he's, he's kind of like the company man, right? Who just like... Look, I want to. I want to move up. I want to, you know, be the the senior uh, vice president of marketing. Uh, what does the company do now? I thought we made microchips. Now we're making um, <laughs> uh, giant lasers. Uh, cool, great. Uh, I'll, so be it. You know that that exchange early on when um, when Galen Ursa says you're confusing, I believe, peace with terror, and he says you have to start somewhere comes across as like this flippant joke but it is also like a little bit of his attitude of like look i don't i don't i'm just i'm doing my project you know yeah and the oh it's beautiful does have this this disconnect from the reality of the horror right and it's it's like he saw his uh the powerpoint he's been working on like (laughs) the graphic designers got back to him and just showed him the powerpoint and he's like oh it's beautiful look at the way the slides work you're like it's uh, it is that total detachment from the horror of what mm-hmm. he has actually accomplished. And then that great, just sort of like visual poetry, this sort of like, I, I think uh, truth of, of horrific things in, in real life, right. That mm-hmm. the way that that visual, the way that plume of, of fire and smoke is building up, it looks like, you know, if it wasn't destruction, it would be beautiful. Right. Yeah. It is yeah. like this weird, like, you know, 
flower blooming across like so it's got that really dark like mm-hmm. if you didn't know the truth of that that's horror like fire's beautiful you know when mm-hmm. it's in your fireplace not when it's ravaging a forest or <laughs> yeah. somebody's house you know yeah yeah it, it's, it's got it's, a little bit of that vibe to it too blooming red rose of of death that's uh yeah. absolutely uh, uh got that yeah which i think adds to the power of the moment and the scene in the line yeah great great pick we're off and running. We got the light side. We got the dark. Let's see where we can connect them going forward. Let uh, Or just have some fun with some really weird random lines. Uh, let's dive in uh, a little bit more with your number four. Uh, my number four, we're we're still staying in the, the heavier uh, section. This one had to be in uh, my list because it was one of the lines that I left the theater thinking of, partially because of delivery, but also uh, because of meaning. Uh, I went with the full line instead of just the one that uh, that we quote as much. So here it is. My number four is we don't all have the luxury of deciding when and where we want to care about something. Suddenly the rebellion is real for you. Some of us live it. I've been in this fight since I was six years old. Uh, The great sudden passion like Andor, uh, he's played so well and he has played as uh, calm, precise, you know, compared to Jin. He's the one who's been doing this. He's the one who's in charge of the plan. He's the one who's got the orders but he's been this sort of simmering uh, uh, energy, right? And this is uh, comes to a sudden boil. And I think that's a part of the power of that great delivery of I've been in this fight since I was six years old. And um, and it's one of those lines that I think sticks with people because it also can be memefied, right? You can yeah. relate to it, right? Like, um, you know, I've made a joke in stand-up about uh, that somebody tweeted at me a while back. Uh, this is several years ago of like, I wish Star Wars was... Uh, still like when George Lucas uh, was running it and, and everybody always got along about everything. <laughs> and I had that reaction of like, oh, I've been in this fight since I was six years old. <laughs> People did not always agree about everything. Like suddenly the Star Wars fight is real to you, you know? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So I think it is this relatable line. And I think a lot of people feel like they've been in some kind of fight since they were six years old. Yeah. It's so great and relatable in the delivery, but then just the importance of what is being said here, you know? think a part of the power of of uh rogue one is uh, you absolutely can't just watch it as the star wars space opera but i think it does uh, it, it ties to real world things and yeah um it to me a very important message uh that is true is um we see the story of, of star wars where characters are, are born into something often right uh yeah. where Luke and Anakin are born into power. Rey is born into power. She has to, they all have to choose what to do with it. Han is born into his circumstances. They help shape him. And this argument that Cassian is making is like, yeah, Jen, I, I know you've been through a lot, but you don't know my story. And my story was, I didn't ever get to look at the conflict and go, should I go off and join that? <laughs> right. It came to me. It came to my family. It's live or die. And it's been live or die since I was six years old. It's not. Which of these two ideologies do I prefer? Mm-hmm. It came to me based on who I am, where I was. I never had the luxury of deciding whether or not I cared. It's been life or death since I was six years old. Is really powerful and, and I think has some great Star Wars implications, but also very important real world implications to me. 
Yeah, absolutely. Everything about it. And that's why I think the the allure of Cassian as a character is, is there. And I think it's, it makes perfect sense to me that we're going to build a, a series around him. Uh, also, just to say, we got a great performer, uh, a great actor, Diego Luna, bringing this character to life. So, yes, more time with him. Uh, but I see this, too, as this, uh, you know, kind of almost de facto response to what she says early on when they first meet. And they're at the Rebel base on Yavin 4. And she's like, you know, some of I don't, I don't, some of us don't have luxury of political opinions, uh, which is this very um, dismissive um you know, you know, not, you get her point of view. She's again, like you said, she's been through some things, but just it, it ain't the same, and she's not seeing it. And this is someone who's choosing to look down. Um, so it has all that kind of power. And then, you know, the detail that I've, I've always loved focusing on this: Cassian came from from a separatist family. All that, what what's that? What, what that means to me is just that um, the the fights are are are. The fights are, are clear, it's very clear to Cassian, but it, we you throw these labels on it there and it becomes intriguing because, you know, you know, the, oh, the bad, I thought the separatists were the bad guys. Didn't the Clone Wars teach us that? And that's not mm-hmm. necessarily what was there in the Clone Wars as you and I dive on in. Uh, who behind, who was behind the separatists is, is, is obviously what is tremendously dangerous. So just to see Cassian is seeing the fight for what it is and has always seen the fight for what it is because it's like you said, at his front doorstep. It's just everything about it. It's, it is this topics, uh, topic, uh, uh, statement and, and sentence for who Cassian Andor is in this story the rebellion and then final for me just why i do love it and his passion and the infighting i just i just grew up in the 80s myself probably like jen going yeah you know rebels easy call good guys you know right <laughs> that's it that's all it is and and here it is it's really it's uh, uh del- almost deliciously complicated with with cassian and uh his upbringing and, and his view of the jedi his view of the force uh and all having to come together to save the rebellion and save the dream yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's my number four. Cassian Andor has been in this fight since he was six years old. Six years old, indeed. And then, all right, so he said all that, all right? he's He's got <laughs> this going on here. And uh, she's already, this happens a little bit before, so it's not a direct response. But I'm going to my number four. Is Jyn Erso saying trust goes both ways. Now, this line, I, this line would, uh, it's, obvious, it's always um, been in the movie for me. I've always liked it. But I, I think this one hits me later in my star wars fandom because it's interesting it's easy to look at jen and hear the stuff cassian's saying to her hear what she's saying about it's easy if you don't look up uh to the to the thought of the imperial flag reigning over the galaxy she's got some lessons to learn that's what she uh, that's part of her journey here a lot of it has to do with what um she thought happened to her father what she thought uh, her father had done all these kind of things she does live with and being raised by sagarera um I do love, and then she is, you know, picked up on Wobani, wants to get free. She's kind of like, oh, damn, the rebels are after me. I got to go. <laughs> got to get out of here. Great comic uh, beat with K- uh, K2SO. But when they're like, okay, like, all right, cool. Let, let's do this. Uh, we're giving you an out here, Leanna Halleck, if that is your real name. <laughs> and we need you to do this for us. It's clear it's important. It's clear it's big. She's got, she's very snarky, whether it's in the trailers or not. But, you know, isn't that what you do? You rebel or, uh, you know, all the lines that uh, she says. I do like that she's kind of saying, look, you're asking, you guys are all asking me to trust you. Do any of you trust me? Or am I just mm-hmm. a pawn or a piece? What is it? You're sending me into this war zone with nothing. Uh, I, I need a blaster. I think, uh, you know, the book detail is she takes it from um, uh, a, a rebel soldier on the way to the the uh, U-Wing. And again, shout out to Alexander Freed for his uh, wonderful adaptation with the Rogue One novel. Um, I just love that. I just, it struck me a little bit more, Joseph, now of her just going, it's not Jin being snarky. 
It's her going, what do you all want me to do this? Including go my father who, you know, uh, until, you know, at this point, she didn't even thought he was dead. And two thought he chose the empire over her. That's one of the reasons she was, you know, a little angry about it all being raised to believe that watched her mom die in front of her. Just give me something, give me something here. And I thought it was pretty powerful. If you're going to move forward together, uh, you and I just had a great discussion on trust in the clone wars on this past uh, week's Clone Wars report. It, 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 it can it can go both ways, needs to go both ways. Yeah, I, I really like that you're highlighting this one because I think it speaks to to Jin and Cassian's relationship that they they kind of both have to communicate to each other. Like, this is how I got trapped in this war. Yeah. Um, it, this is why I'm going through hell. And, and they get to this point of realizing that, that we're really kind of, uh, you know, fighting for the same thing and, and having uh, trust in this wonderful, you know, intimacy you know yeah by by the end of the film and, and this is kind of the first um uh bridge to that too but it also just really goes to some of the stuff we were talking about at the beginning that you know the apathy and the cynicism is eating even the possibility of rebellion mm-hmm. alive right you know yeah. it, the it's so significant that tivik's line is yeah you know, saw's right there are spies everywhere and he doesn't necessarily mean you know Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people trying to overhear our re- rebel conversations, like with the paranoia that there are spies in the rebellion, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are different factions in the rebellion and they're spying and all that. So that Jin is, you know, saying that like, okay, <laughs> mm. uh, if, you know, if you want me to do this, uh, then you have to do what is clearly hard for your group which is to show a little bit of trust, you know, yeah. uh, in me, if you really want this, and, you know, she, she's being a fighter, she's being a survivor, uh, getting herself that a one eighty blaster. Um, and yeah. And totally making the argument like, cool, cool. Yeah. You basically abducted me. <laughs> yeah. You are uh, dangling my freedom in front of me. Uh, if you make me go face a bunch of my trauma mm-hmm. <laughs> and put me in actual physical danger, then uh, the least you could do is is look the other way that I have a blaster. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and giving trust in, in a way for me is 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 defeating fear in a little bit, a little bit of a, a way, right? You know, yeah. It's like I, 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 Cassie might have some fear about what she would do on this mission. Uh, K two says as much. So hey, overcome fear, choose hope, choose trust. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's a great pick. All right, we are uh, moving along here. Uh, that was our number four selection to each. Now we are going to our number three choices. Joseph, what do you got? My number three, uh, I couldn't resist anymore. I had to go to some of the fun and snark. There is some good fun and snark in Rogue One. And this is one uh, that has just really grown in my estimation. Uh, I got some, some of my classic faves uh, in the honorable mentions, uh, so I had to include this one. It is a Darth Vader line. Um, that Darth Vader scene... Uh, has the uh, the controversial <laughs> line about the choking on the aspirations. Uh, sometimes we kind of uh, have a little bit of fun with that scene because it's this mix of like this ominous, amazing uh, Fortress Vader lava castle. And yep. then this weird kind of like, uh, I called you here to chew you out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this one line in here is just perfect Vader snark. And I think it kind of gets lost uh in the discussion sometimes uh is when uh vader is intimidating director krennic uh and krennic is you know kind of arguing and and, and backpedaling a little bit in how forceful he's being about how the 
the Emperor should understand uh, that uh, the, the Death Star has so much potential. And Vader's response, uh, my number three line is, its power to create problems has certainly been confirmed. <laughs> yes. It's just so snarky of like, yeah, it's a, the Death Star is not even officially unveiled and it's already a pain in Darth Vader's ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, keeping complete uh, connection with uh, uh, him in the briefing room of the Death Star. He's just done with this. He's just done with it. Man. Right. Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed. Yeah, exactly. It goes right back to this line of its power to create problem has certainly been confirmed. And it, yeah, it, that's one of those lines like you can hear uh, Hayden Christensen or Matt Lanter saying that line, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, even though he's uh, he's not uh, really Anakin right now, uh, mm-hmm. he is Anakin right now at the same time. That's a, yeah. It's a very Anakin and snarky line. And uh, just, I, I I think that's also a big thing for me that I've I've talked about before with the choking on your aspirations of like, I think Vader sort of weaponizes any sort of mm. snark to intimidate, right? Yeah. And this is really intimidating. It's like, you're here groveling to me trying to get your due and I don't even like the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. So good luck. Yeah, right. Good luck. No, I think you're right. Like The aspirations line... You know, it will will it be on my list? No, it won't. But it also tracks for me more than I would have thought in 2016. Just in terms of uh, Vader, even even in uh, the original trilogy, he's got some got some unintentional or intentional comedy. If uh, if you want to look at it from Anakin's point of view or Vader's point of view, so I that, I can live with that line. But it and, and it is a business meeting. We can have a little fun with that as Star Wars fans. But I do love this. I I think it's great that you're highlighting the the truth of Vader in this moment. The truth of who he is. Uh, uh, and the truth of uh, him being, he is on Palpatine's leash and it's almost like he's got to do his dirty work. But like you said, I don't even like this. <laughs> and I got to clean up your dumb mess as opposed to if we, you know, me and my master could just go get our red, red laser swords and take care of business. Um, Cause that's more powerful. I, I there's something about it. I, I like about, about the war of uh, a Va- uh, war of Vader in his own soul here in these moments too. Yeah. It's just got, uh, it's got a lot of really big I got out of the bath for this energy which I <laughs> yeah. really love I came to my front door for this, this. <laughs> yeah uh, so that's uh, that's my number three it's power to create problems has certainly been confirmed love it my number three is some wisdom from Sherrit M. Way I really do love Donnie Yen in this role so great a lot of what he brought to it uh, you know putting together his own action sequences as he should uh, and uh, making the decision make the, make the character blind it's something was from him and you could one of the funny moments is his comment about you know when, when the partisans put the, the mask on and what are you kidding me I'm, I'm blind uh, that's funny stuff but I, he's got a lot of wonderful wisdom and you could go with the big one you could go with the uh, the, the 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 calling card the catchphrase that he says but i really love when he is talking to to cassian andor uh on uh on jetta and says there's more than one sort of prison captain i sense you carry yours wherever you go i think that is just one of those lines that can go into real world real easily it's one to think on and for me again this wonderful character of cassian andor uh who is from the beginning just got a look on his face of like, I need to do this, but sometimes I question why I do this, which to me, the movie's answering that big why and reaffirming that why. Um, but along the way, he's got a lot to, to, uh, lot to deal with. 
and a lot going on and and especially with Draven's orders running around his head and him kind of sensing is this one more thing I I, I need to do and for what reason I, I don't know it just it st- stood out to me as just um, some real straight ahead important advice from Sherrod to uh, Cassian and therefore from Sherrod to all of us. <laughs> yeah, and it is coming right around the same time that Jin is at least partially, you know, uh, being freed mm-hmm. from her prison, right? By, by yep. you know, after all these years of wondering, you know, is my father dead? Is he a horrific traitor? Did my mother die for nothing? You know, does anything have any point? And, uh, you know, suddenly having some, you know, even the relief of the knowledge of the truth of yeah. what her father is. And, you know, so ob- obviously a lot going on in that uh, that hologram moment um yeah it's uh it, that that line says a lot about um about cassian uh, a lot about Chirrut that he is this you know he's i wish they would have dived into a little bit more of exactly who the guardians are and exactly what their role is yeah we know that they're right. supposed to guard the temple and the temple's gone and but right. and but we get to see through their action that uh Chirrut is somebody who is all about empathy like in terms of like the active empathy of like you know <laughs> like uh i'm listening to you i'm feeling your vibe he's even got that line of like you know he feels like a friend the force moves darkly around somebody who's about to kill you know yeah. he's got this like i'm really aware of everybody around me and trying to be open and receptive and figure out what their truth is right mm-hmm. and if they can like i mean he's a cool <laughs> warrior uh counselor uh where he's trying, you know, to throw out these little uh, observations that are maybe helpful, right? Yeah. And I think this one is one of them. Um, Moving And I think it crystallizes Cassian's character because he is, from the second you see him, he feels likable. He feels like a, Cassian feels like a kind soul Mm -hmm. who is doing things that he does not want to do. And that that cage is, is pretty obvious. Yeah. Pretty obvious indeed, and uh, just stood out. And and um, would it have stood out in 2016 as much as it does now for me? No, no, probably not. Which is why I love revisiting these movies and uh, reevaluating what uh, parts of these movies connect with the larger Star Wars story. So that is my number three, which means we're up to your number two. Yeah, my number two is uh, also from Orson Krennic. Um, it is one of the lines that uh, I included because when I really came down to it and wrote my list of like 35 lines, <laughs> it said, I got to narrow this down a little bit. Like, yeah. what are the lines that I that I would uh, actually, you know, quote? And I think part of it is uh, the delivery as well as the meaning for me on this one. So my number two is we stand here amidst my achievement, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the, um, the absolute losing it there. I think mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. you know, going from, Oh, I'm in trouble. Oh, things are falling apart. Oh, we look at what I did in Jetta. It's all going great. And then Tarkin tries to take it from him. Right. Yeah. And, we've seen this kind of cool collected customer uh, when he is manipulating um, Galen, right? And Lyra back from the dead, you know, like, uh, and then we, the the mask drops, right? He's losing control and he is just furious that just like, did you see my PowerPoint presentation? Yeah. Everybody agreed. It was an amazing PowerPoint presentation. And somehow that means you're getting the credit. You're taking the project, the one I just successfully sold to the board. Like, it's just, it's so alive with that energy. I know you and I are both really on about, 
Krennic being middle management and it, it can be kind of a joke, but I, but, but uh, mm. it is, it is a fun thing to poke fun at because of its truth. Yeah. Uh, because of the horror of th- the banality of evil, right? The, yes. Uh, uh, I, yes. he isn't, he isn't Darth Sidious. He isn't like, uh, you yeah, know, I've had these ideas etched on my uh, secret Sith walls for uh, mm-hmm. centuries. I this is my philosophy. I, I'm manipulating the dark side of the Force. I'm not arguing that Sidious is better, but it's he's just like I just go along with it, <laughs> and it's yeah. about my vanity, my individual vanity, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that this line pops for me because of the delivery, and it would be an amazing line all by itself if it was just we stand here amidst my achievement, mm-hmm. uh, but. <laughs> He ends it with that really petulant, childish, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> look, it, it, look, give me Mendelssohn in Andor season two, I mean, or whatever. Like, give me uh, young Krennic uh, fails at business school, uh, Disney Plus series. It, it, Mendelssohn is just uh, it's an amazing performer, without a doubt. And, 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 and he just nails almost every line from beginning of the movie to this one. And I kind of view this, and I don't know if, if you kind of feel this way too, Joseph. This is a little bit. With the same energy of Dooku looking over at Palpatine right before Anakin's chopping his head off. <laughs> yep. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Ah, oh, damn it. This is what this gets me? This unbridled yep. pursuit of power uh, for, for the sake of power and my glory. And it got me this? You just stole it from me? Like, I love it. It's a trap. Yeah. Just like that. And like a lot of these lines we've highlighted where clearly they have depth and meaning to us, but they are also fun uh, and relatable to quote another context, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I- I'm sure there are Star Wars fans who've been in literal board meetings who want to scream, We stand here amidst my achievement. Look, this movie came out after I had left my day job where I was uh, in a management position for uh, three companies at once uh, back in the day. Um, I would have loved uh, just tossing chronic lines out uh, in in meetings. But part of the lesson is, jokes aside, about this here is – you know, there's ob- there's definitely some injustices in uh, management's careers and many isn't that. And, and it's, it is a lesson for me personally to be like to not be consumed by it. And and what's driving you forward and who are you in these situations? Because Krennic completely has lost himself in all of this. And, and when you when you put all of yourself into this uh, and the pursuit ends in this kind of dead end or this kind of, uh, you know, trouble for you there, you are you're gone. You are gone. What else do you have? So it's a little bit of a warning as well for me. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of a morality tale from Krennic there. Mm. Uh, my achievement, not yours. Not yours. <laughs> so that's my number two. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to go to uh, my number two, and we are going to Bodhi Rook. And again, another performer that we as Star Wars fans, Riz Ahmed, as Bodhi Rook. We are so fortunate to have these uh, wonderful performers, these wonderful actors in these roles. That's uh, one of the things I love about Rogue One as well. Uh, and uh, I'm going to this line in, in uh, post-Bore Gullet. So his mind's a little foggy. He's starting to emerge from that uh, fog. Um, Rizamed, and, and, if, and I think famously he had uh, some of his different takes on the audition are out there, right? I think there's a, like a compilation I've seen of maybe it's even in the, the special features. I don't know. Do you remember, Joseph, where it's like I him? I don't remember seeing that. It's play, he, 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 it's an audition. for. It's a self-tape for Buddy Rook, but it's, he plays it different ways as, as a good actor would. Like, what if I do this way? What if I do this? He settles on this kind of bumbling, little stuttering and stumbling kind of everyman nervousness, right? Uh, which mm-hmm. he highlights how heroic he is. He is not the gallant hero. He has no laser sword. He's a delivery guy. 
who is a whistleblower that essentially helps because of his actions, it helps topple this empire. He's a pretty important character in Star Wars. And we have always loved that about him and loved this idea of making it right, which is a, a big theme. And, and I've talked about it. I've written about it. I've celebrated that about the character of Bodhi Rook and how it, in his final moments, uh, making it right does not necessarily translate to glory. He is the opposite of Krennic. There's no, we are uh, standing on, uh, you know, my achievement here. Uh, there's, he dies and he knows it. And there's no going home to his family. There's no going home. He just only, the only thing he does is he makes it right. So taking all that, which is something I've celebrated about Bodhi Rook since 2016, this line jumps out to me in a way that it never really has before, Joseph. Where he says to Jen, as she's saying, you, you know, I'm Jen Erso Galen, and then he's starting to emerge from the fog. He says, your father, he said I could get it right. I, excuse me. He said I could get right by myself. He said I could make it right if I was brave enough to listen what was in my heart and do something about it. So in this movie that's asking a lot about why we fight and then and then how you fight and all these kind of things about taking a stand – and, and all, a lot of it's a big and heroic. There's a lot of just little intimate, tiny conversations about taking the right step. And what I love about this is him saying, if I was brave enough to listen to what was in my heart, Cassian's got stuff going on in his heart. Jin's probably got stuff going on in her heart. And Bodhi Rook is just a delivery guy who could just say, I don't know. I just work here. But there's something in his heart that wasn't right about this. And in and having this conversation with Galen, that's what got him. Not save the day. Not go be a hero. Whistleblow. Do that. Because you know this is not right. And you're part of this. You're a small part of it. But what can you do? And are you brave enough to answer that call? It's not the call about standing up with a lightsaber. It's not a call about going in, in an X-wing down the trench to the Death Star, which is all brave itself and, and gets you a medal. <laughs> no medal. <laughs> yeah. No medal for Bodhi Rook. Not even knows. the swaggering, uh, rogue, you know, charming mm. pirate of Han Solo. Just, yeah, yeah a pilot, a day-to-day -day pilot. Day-to-day -day pilot. It's your job. And you had the Imperial signal, uh, a signal, uh, a signia, excuse me, on your uh, jumpsuit for this time. And I love this. And it's a powerful, powerful core uh, uh, part of this movie. This line right here. I, I, I was brave enough to listen to what was in my heart and do something about it. That's what Rogue One's asking us. Yeah, no, Rogue One is asking us in so many ways to, to really look at the truth of the situation, really see if you agree with it, what you're willing to do, you know, what you should do, you know, how to get right by yourself um, mm -hmm. in, in lots of really interesting ways. And yeah, you, you can look at this sort of baton of, of hope uh, in, in lots of different ways. You know, I love how it becomes literal by the end when they're passing mm -hmm. that disc down the hallway from Vader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, you can kind of argue that it, does it start, where does it start? With Lyra inspiring Galen? You know, it's definitely, it starts with, this actively starts with Galen making that recording and convincing Bodhi to yeah. look into his heart and for Bodhi to make his own choice, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is the story of, uh, your father um, has leverage. He's uh, He's got some of his associates to kidnap my sister. And so, like, he talked Bodhi into Bodhi making this choice. And for this movie, Bodhi is where the baton of hope starts, right? right. Of like the terribly frightening thing of running away and then trying to contact this scary Sagarera guy. And then like, I love his sort of um, his innocence and his ignorance of like, are you Sagarera? And like, mm. I, I came here to give you this. Why would I, why would I lie? I, I came here to do this. Yeah. Like with all the Borgullet stuff, um, 
yeah, it, it is. It's really powerful to see that he is not like, yeah, I'm a weapons specialist and I'm like, mm-hmm. he's just a pilot and that makes it, um, he's just every day and that makes it even more impressive. And, you know, this is a gift. This line that you picked is, is great in lots of ways, but this is a gift he's kind of given to Jen, right? Yeah. Of like, yeah. I, I am more evidence that, you know, uh, your your father might have made some mistakes, but he is trying so hard to set it right. You know, yeah. uh, is a is a gift uh, to Jen. And I think we've talked about this before. I can't remember if there's uh, snippets of it in the novelization, but man, uh, if they ever start doing uh, Star Wars stage plays, uh, <laughs> I I, I want to see the the driving Miss Daisy of this relationship of mm. how long did this conversation slowly emerge? Right, is he's yeah. flying. Galen back and forth. I want the stage play uh, yeah. flying Galen or so. Uh, <laughs> because in my mind, this is, we know that Galen's been planning all of this for a long time, right? Yeah. And now the weapon's almost done. He's got to get the information out. And yep. how is he going to do that? And mm-hmm. now that he's become a good liar, uh, yeah. how is he slowly poke? I don't think this is an afternoon, right? Mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't think he leans over one day. He's like, do you want to make things right? <laughs> yeah. I think it's a, Tell me more about yourself, Pilot Rook. You yeah. know, where do you come from? Why are you with the Empire? Oh, I love that. Uh, yeah. Have you ever seen anything that you don't like? You know, like, mm-hmm. I think it's a, not a seduction because I think he's being honest with Rook, but I think it's a slow, slow building of trust. It's, it's, yeah, absolutely. Oh gosh, that's a, that's a great stage play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it'd be real powerful because obviously, you know, initially he's going to be like, no, no, everything's great. I, I got a good pay, uh, crappy benefits. Uh, I haven't got a raise <laughs> in three years, but I got a family. And I also, I, it's no small coincidence to me, especially as you're hearing you discuss this angle on this story, Joseph, that Alexander Freed comes in with the Rogue One adaptation, gets to play around with some of these characters, gets to play around with the everyman who makes his decision uh, based on what he feels is right in his heart. Uh, and and take that to the Alphabet Squadron stuff with the Emperor and the Sentinel droids and this idea that Palpatine this whole time has been tracking all of all of you in my empire to see which one of you is going to fudge a report because, uh, you know, which one of you is going to steal something from the break room, which one of you is going to slowly start to oppress people and how it all – Palpatine's looking at that because Palpatine wants to know when you hear the voice in your heart, which direction do you go because that's important to me. Mm-hmm. Connecting it there and Freed kind of pulling out that emotional cannon from that and connecting it to the big story there in Alphabet Squadron. I love that. Uh, and, and again, don't think it's a small coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think um, Rogue One is such a big, important part of Star Wars where it, Star Wars absolutely does tell the, the tale of uh, people who are born with massive amounts of power. You literally call an Anakin a chosen one. But Star Wars has always been the idea that well we're all kind of chosen ones we can all make a choice right yeah uh, baked into the the first film with han deciding to turn around and then i think rogue one really brings that to uh absolutely the service and in surface and in bodhi being uh, one of the biggest symbols of of everybody matters everybody matters riz ahmed so great as bodhi rook so you know what i've always thought maybe you know that might be a one and done for riz ahmed in star wars but you've just pitched something wonderful joseph <laughs> stage play uh mads and riz live in on broadway <laughs> driving mr Urso. i love it okay uh jokes aside but that's not a joke that's serious because i want to see it uh we are going to take a quick break here at star wars rank we come back some honorable mentions and our number one choices here at star wars next time
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to Star Wars Ranked, episode 133, an ongoing ranking series here on Force Center. We are looking at Rogue One, a Star Wars story, released December 2016. Where were you when you 
first saw this movie roll out in front of you. Well, we are looking at our favorite lines. Joseph Grimshaw and I have ranked our five through uh, number two choices, but we are going to now throw in some honorable mentions. Man, Joseph, this there's a lot to choose from, and this is where I think you and I got to uh, play around with some of our uh, favorite little random lines, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of my very favorite lines I have been uh, going on about this guy uh, since 2016 because he's just such a symbol <laughs> mm-hmm. of uh, of some of the problems there. Uh, Senator Noah Jabel, you know, classic Star Wars character. Uh, this is the scene, of course, uh, where Jin is uh, making her appeal, trying to convince everyone that the Death Star is real and unless they act on it now. Uh, this is their one chance, uh, their last chance at at a hope of stopping the oppression of the Empire. And uh, she's met with uh, everything from uh, mockery to doubt uh, to my favorite line here from Norwich Bell, straight up denial. <laughs> <laughs> the line is a Death Star. This is nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, it's the the picture of, yeah, when you're presented with something so awful, it doesn't even seem like it can be real mm. it's such a way out to just go ah, it's absurd that it's even happening i don't even believe it. Uh, the, the, people are screaming the sky is falling right yeah and this line is so like yeah, they, they built a giant floating the gun and they called it a death star this is nonsense totally made up yeah. fake news <laughs> fake news it's a hoax and uh, you all have uh, you're all run by fear but meanwhile i have so much fear i can't face the truth yeah yeah it, and i think it's got all that depth to me but he, the actor just delivers all that like i'm a serious person and this is bs it's so so well and after all of us living with like the great heightened space fantasy romance of of a Death Star, it's also fun to have somebody just go a Death Star. This oh, is nonsense. Yeah. Including Galen going, it's called the Death Star, and there's no better name. Like like we all grew up with it, right? We also grew up with a character named Luke Skywalker. Yeah, come on. Come on, this is kind of silly nonsense, but we've all just lived with it as seriousness. And so that you're right to have have this serious story about rebellion and empires and oppression and death, and someone be like, "Oh, come on, what you can tell me his name's Han Solo because he travels alone." <laughs> yeah, Solo, this is nonsense. Uh, a debate for another day. Another. Uh, that I think most listeners know where we fall in that debate. Anyway, so I, I love that line. I love what it represents, and it's just a fun line. Death Star. This is nonsense. Yeah. Um, another um, K2SO has a lot of great comedy lines. Uh, I'm sure you're going to highlight some uh, as well. Uh, my favorite is when uh, Jin is in the heat of battle on Jetta. Uh, it just blows away uh, a droid who looks exactly like K2SO. And then K2SO has shows up and has that very hurt. <laughs> Did you know that wasn't me? <laughs> Uh, I'd like all of K2SO's humor. Some of it, I think, for me, feels like, um, I don't know, like it's just like uh, uh, there's a fun snark to it um, that works. It's great. It fits his character. This feels, I like jokes that have some emotion to it. And this is like the actual horror of like, I know we've been fighting. I know I, I, know I wasn't sure about you, but would you really just straight up shoot me in the street? <laughs> yeah. Has an extra level of like, actual emotion and stakes to it that makes it really funny to me yeah there's a lot of quippiness in k2 and it's there and you go yeah and it and it, and and i love all that but yeah some some of them have uh, more 
meaning and, and, and weight. And I think, uh, and, and make that to me, it makes them even more uh, funny. And this is absolutely uh, on that list. It's, yeah. The, you know, you know what the odds of are if you're using it, it's high, it's very high. That's funny. It's great, yeah. but it does come across quippy in this yeah. one feels a little bit more real. <laughs> like, Holy crap. Did you know that wasn't me? Totally. totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I know this character will be featured. Uh, he is a favorite uh, around these parts. Uh, you have uh, really uh, shared your great love of Admiral Raddus. Uh, I love him too. This line, though, is one that's always stuck with me. Uh, and it's just, there's some great ones from him. But I love it when he says, engage those startups for us. Let's start probing that shield. Is <laughs> <laughs> this this rich command? You know, it's the energy we love of Admiral Raddus of slapping mm. that fin down. I say we fight. Let's go. Let's do it. We're here. Let's we're doing this. That's great. Uh, <laughs> that energy that you want from the rebellion, yeah. uh, you know, to counter all that apathy and denial and fear. Uh, yeah. Admiral Raddus brings that. And so that energy is here in this line of like, well, we're in this middle of the battle. Uh, it's not going well, but let's do these things <laughs> combined with probing that shield. Like it, it makes perfect sense, but it's, yeah. it's just funny phrasing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, probing is a, uh, is a dangerous word to, to toss in there. And, and the, the funny side for, story for this is uh, uh, voice actor, Steven Stanton, very active in the community. And a lot of people have had a chance to interact with him, and, and I have as well. And uh, when I first met him, it was, he was appearing on uh Clutterjet council and uh, uh, I, I excitedly got him to say this line into the my camera so I could text it to you, Joseph. <laughs> so him being very, uh, uh, you know, like, oh yeah, that's great. He's so nice. He he says it. And he, I think he just, I, I think he just says, let's start, Joseph. Let's start probing that shield. <laughs> I get it. And then he looks at me and goes, wait a minute, what's this for? <laughs> I don't know if you told me that part of the story. <laughs> yeah. Like I have that video. I treasure that video. Yeah, and um. You know, later on, I get to know him and his his managers uh, a little bit more. But there, he and there, I'm just some rando YouTuber talking to him, and I go, "Oh no, it's just it's just for my friend. I'm not posting anywhere." And he goes, "Okay, okay, yeah, that's good. Okay, yeah, yeah, you can go." With that. So yeah, it's it's a line that's very funny. And, and it is a great yeah. It's got great energy, but it's so funny. And uh, yes, thank you for, for getting that uh, personalized uh, shield probe video, which I love so much. Love that there. Uh, a couple more than uh, for you, and then we'll we'll switch it up here. Yeah, I mean, this is it's the the next one for me is the the famous line from a trailer that didn't make it into the film. I rebel. I, I do like it. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, we can uh, uh, discuss is it canonical because it was not in the movie. But yeah, right. the I rebel is it's great. People have tattoos. Um, yeah, a couple other for me. Uh, this is uh, Amon Mothma line. Uh, she's got a lot of great looks. She's got some great lines. Mm. Uh, but I really like when her and Bale are discussing like, well, whatever the Alliance says, war is coming. They can try to avoid it, but it's going to come one way or another. And she says, your friend, the Jedi. <laughs> uh, Bale's got some great lines about he served me in the Clone Wars and all, all that. But just Amon Mothma saying, your friend, the Jedi. Uh, there's mm. the, 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 the weight of yeah, it's time. Call Obi Wan. <laughs> yes, it to me is is in that line and the sort of the discretion of these old friends who've been through yeah. it. And like, yeah, we've both said we wouldn't reach out to him until it's the, right. the bleep is really hitting the fan. And you know, yeah. uh, I don't know. I just love it. <laughs> it, 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 it now is the time to quote Obi Wan back. Yes, to exactly. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, I know you got a couple more on your list, but I'll, I'll jump in here. Uh, yeah, please do. Uh, Lyra saying, "Trust the Force." So that's, that's great. And, and, and we've been talking about trust and what that really means, but remember going in 2016, there was a big debate of, um, or going into rogue one in 2016, 
kind of debate of, can, well, can, it, can a Star Wars movie not have Jedi and lightsabers in the Force? And I, I just kind of, you know, I remember being part of those discussions too. It's a fair question to ask, but I love the movie starts and the, here's Lyra going, hey, here's this crystal, trust the Force. Oh, hey, the Force is still here. <laughs> force is going to be here. Yeah, that it is not, that stuff, it can't be separated out. Some yeah. people don't focus on it, right? Yeah. But yeah. It's kyber crystals that are powering the Death Star, and yeah. this is a faith that some people like Lyra have. So, yeah, that is really great. Yeah, I love that. I know there was some early development of maybe Lyra would be Force-sensitive or whatever, but I, I like uh, kind of where we land on that one there. And, and Lyra's a great character. Uh, I, you know, wish we had a little more time with her, and, and that's where Catalyst does come in, and uh, you get to some great Lyra content there. Yeah. Uh, go, going to Cassian, we've got a lot of lines. This one was a more uh, serious tone, but I, I wanted to highlight it because it almost made me listen. It's him uh, saying... Saying to uh, Jin uh, in, in those conversations that you were referencing of just, you're not the only one that lost everything. Some of us decided to do something about it. it it's just real plain and simple. It's really important. It, 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 it does acknowledge what she's gone through, but saying, what are you going to do about it? But I think some of the other bigger lines just kind of uh, expand that thought, expand those themes a little bit more. But, I, you know, Cassian, he's got, he's got a way with words and getting right to the point. He really does. Uh, he is an accurate uh, uh, marksman with his words as well as his blaster. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so that one there, and then, okay, yeah, so, yeah, uh, you know, I love I love Radis for a lot of reasons. We're not done discussing that, but I do love in that 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 briefing scene, and it's not going well for her, uh, because one of my other favorite lines, let me just jump to this favorite line, is some rando in the background yelling, <laughs> what is she proposing, is just up there with my favorite random Star Wars lines. I absolutely love it. Uh, and I love that everyone's debating and Noah Jabel's doing his thing. Senator Pomlo's uh, doing her thing. And then I just love that Radis just goes, if she's telling the truth, we need to act now. Flip her down. Like, yeah. flip her on the table. Boom, boom. I'm here to fight. Like, like, and here's why. Because if that's if that's true, we, we, have, we have to do something. And it just, it is, it is Radis in, in, a, in a nutshell. I love yeah. It. Yeah. And I think that's the, the, the power of this scene and a part of the power of the story of Rogue One, um, you know, and it, and it doesn't have to be war. The energy to, we need to do this now, it doesn't have to be about war. It needs to be acknowledging any problem and going, yeah. ooh, it feels more comfortable in the moment to go, yeah, it's not real or I'm sure it'll work out. I mean, don't forget the initial plot from Mon Mothma is, before Draven gets involved, is we're going to try to get Galen to testify in the Senate, right? Yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> like Palpatine's going to allow that, or even if it happened, you know, like mm -hmm. how much it's still, they're still trying to play by the rules, you know? Yes. Uh, and Radis having that clarity mm. of saying, hey, look, nobody wants this, but it's the only option. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Flipper on table. Let's yep. go. Uh, a couple more for me, and I'll kick it back to you here. Uh, I uh, love Cassie and also saying uh, to Jen a little bit later after this moment here, I, I couldn't face myself if I gave up now. And look, again, we've been discussing it. He, is this all worth it? Uh, he's been in this fight forever. Uh, you got Saw Gerrera and an example of what happens when you give up every bit of yourself for this cause. You have Bodhi Rook answering that call to that voice in your heart. And, and Cassian's mold all that over in his head. And it's just like, nah, I, I, I can't be done. I can't be done. I, I'm going to make this worth something because it is, it is worth everything. So I love that line too from Cassian. 
Yeah, a great button to his speech, which is uh, there, which is the log line to his show, I believe, of all the things that he has done, saying that they were for a greater cause. He's got to follow through. Yeah, uh, more to come. I think we have a ton of honorables between us here. I do love Bail Organa just saying in that scene with Mon Mothma and, uh, you know, here's Mon Mothma going, it's time to press the fire alarm button and get your Jedi friend, right? (laughs) Break glass for Obi-Wan. Yeah, break glass. And he's like, yeah, you're totally right. Uh, I'll have my uh, I'll have my daughter do it. My teenage daughter's gonna do it. And, and, and essentially, Mothma's just kind of like, yeah. And he's like, I love his response. I would trust her with my life. It's just uh, it speaks a lot of Bale, who he is, uh, Breha as well, and how Leia was raised. And uh, trust, trust is something that's big mm-hmm. in Rogue One. It's big in Star Wars, and there it is again. And he has all the trust in the galaxy in her. Yeah, no, that is absolutely great. Uh, great pick. Yeah, a couple more for you here. Yeah, uh, this one almost uh, made it in my in my top is really hard not to, but it's the exchange between Saw and Jen. Uh, it is just so crisp and direct of the, you can stand to see the Imperial flag ran across the galaxy and Jen saying it's not a problem if you don't look up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think what is so extremely strong and powerful about that is Jen making the statement of it's not denial, right? It's not yeah. bargaining. It's saying... I have made the choice uh, for apathy, right? Yeah. Of I know things are bad, but it's not my problem. I'm not going to do anything about it, right? And it, yeah. it really sets the stage. And I think it is, it, it's just very, very powerful in Star Wars and, uh, you know, uh, very powerful in real life. It's not a problem if you don't look up. Yeah, and I just even love saw that you you can stand to see the Imperial flag rain across the galaxy. There's just something, uh, I don't know, it's just, that's an epic line. Right, yeah, that that is got some of the, like the the, the ro- romance and the uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know adventure serial of Star Wars, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, uh, final two for me. Um, the there's a lot in Jin's uh, speech to the group as they uh, make it uh, to Scarif as they're flying to Scarif. Uh, but uh, if we can make it to the ground, we'll take the next chance in the next on and on until we win or the chances are spent. I think it's a great line that really highlights the like. Everybody on this ship says, this is make or break. This isn't something that we're like, we could go back to our daily lives or we could choose to do this. Yeah, (laughs) It's we're in this fight. This has to be done. We're willing to give all for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's got that great um, weight and and resolve to it. But it's also just like, I feel like that is also a a relatable line when you're not talking about um, the horrors of war. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, somebody moved to Hollywood it was breaking in and was trying to, uh, you know, ask me how to do it. I was like, well, here's a line from Jen Erso. <laughs> Take the next <laughs> chance and the next and on and on until you uh, win or the chances are spent. Like it's, mm-hmm. when you break it down, it is also just kind of good life advice to, you know, just about anything. Like, well, uh, keep trying and be happy that you still have another shot, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, no, there's some real world uh, ramifications indeed. In, yeah, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, I love that line. And think about that uh, line. And that, and I, I'm glad you included that because that, that was um, probably going to be in my honorables, if not the list itself, uh, and and pre- prepping the show. Uh, but I saw you loved it, and you know, I I'd I like to think I've I've grown in, and matured as a Star Wars commentator from from 2016 to now. I was I was a young 40 uh, back then. Um, <laughs> I, I was on many shows, including Force Center, saying I, I just didn't like a lot of the trailer clips of this, what ended up being this sequence. And I thought, I don't know, this seems really heavy handed. And I didn't like something. I don't know. And um, I've long since moved past that because I just love uh, so much of this, this, this movie. But it's, it's this actual particular line that makes me love all about that sequence because it, 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 she's not standing up 
uh, you know, again, um, sword in hand, shield in hand. Uh, and I do love those kind of big speeches. I love anytime Aragorn's, uh, you know, yelling at, uh, at, at the knights before they charge. I love that stuff. This is that spirit, but it's delivered in this very, very just honest, raw tears in her eyes kind of way. You know? Yeah. It, yeah. That- yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's just gonna say it's the really not trying to promise something, right? It, it, yeah. it, I love how much it isn't the like we are born warriors. You know, mm-hmm. anything we look at will fall at our feet. And, like mm-hmm. the just total honesty of like this is what the deal is. This is what fighting is. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I'm this, being totally honest with you. Yeah, and and it's very Star Warsy. It's it's like keeps in line with a lot of this. Like we we wars not make one great. We're not here for that. Um, and, and by the way, I'm not comparing and contrasting its other big speeches and big uh, shows and everything and movies, but I just I just love it. And I love the way it was delivered. I love the choice. I love the tears. I love the pause, the gulp in the throat, like, or, or, or the chances are spent. And then we all know what that means, but we're all going to do it. And it's just, and it's made me just love that sequence way more than I thought I could have loved it in, in, in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well said and in great contrast uh, to mm. different kinds of speeches from different kinds of characters. My final uh, runner up is, uh, you know, the line that everybody quotes all the time, take it, take it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I wanted to highlight in some way that, that hallway scene, it's mostly not dialogue, but yeah. you know, that, that rebel who accepts that door's not opening, I'm not getting on the other side, but this thing has to, Yeah, you know, and yells, take it, take it. Uh, it's great. But the ton of hope indeed. All right, a few more for me. I, I swear this is that we're going to get to our number one choices. There's just, this is a very quotable movie. Really is. Um, so I love K2S. So you talk about the jokes. I, I love everything in there. I love the quips. I love his character. His death affects me still. Like it, it gets me. I love the, this is, there's a lot of tension going on. This We're approaching Scarif and they're talking about, uh, you know, if the shield uh, doesn't come down and they'll all be in space, uh, you'll, you'll die in space. I forget the exact setup lines, but K2SO just gone, not me. Long pause. I can survive in space. I, it, it's, it is quippy, but it's just, it is, it is uh, the final beat of humor from him uh, uh, before the, the, the war explodes. And I just, uh, I've always loved that line. Yeah, no, it is a great line. I really like that one. When things start exploding around and Krennic, uh, the man who is uh, slipping down that corporate ladder really fast uh, and uh, the rebels, I love the shot. You see out the window there, uh, uh, Gord is at his side and just explosions are going off and he yells, are we blind? Deploy the garrison. Just (laughs) Just the frustration of we're losing this game, aren't we? Like he already knows he's done at this point. Yeah. And garrison is one of those words that when I was a youngster, you could have told me was a made up Star Wars word. I didn't know what that word meant. I didn't know it was a real word. I just thought it was really cool when Vader talked about it. It'd be unfortunate. We have to leave a garrison here. Garrison just sounded really cool to me. So I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm an old school garrison fan. So I'm really happy to hear. Love deploy it. the garrison. Deploy the garrison. It's just a delivery. Uh, we, one of the other ones I'm going to toss in here. Uh, I mentioned when you're talking about Saw earlier. I love, love, love Force Whitaker's performance and his choices, and it's bonkers and it's crazy because it, it it's not really Saw anymore. It it is this this, this this pieces of this shattered soul and this body, and and he can't even breathe. And it, it's not unlike Vader in some ways uh, by design, you know. But I just love. Uh, Watching him as an actor, when when he says that line, when Jin is kind of giving him the, hey, what for? You you abandoned me. And he kind of says, look, you had a gun and a blaster, and I knew you were good. But I love his line where, when he says, uh, uh, I didn't write it down. This is uh, uh, trying to go from memory here of, of the, uh, you were the daughter of an imperial 
science officer and, and he's foaming at the mouth and he's, he's choking on his words almost. And it's such a, just a raw natural uh, delivery. It, it's a great little performance and him just kind of saying, don't you understand what was happening? And I try to do everything and he ain't perfect. So is not perfect in a lot of ways. I just, I just love you in hearing you talk about saw earlier that popped in. I just I've always loved that little line. Yeah, no, and it it does get um, elaborated on in books, but you can understand it here of like, yeah, I, I didn't trust the other people I was running around with because the, yeah. the you know, rebellion at that time was just a bunch of cutthroats banded yeah. together from Saw's perspective. And uh, I didn't trust those people to figure out who you were. Yeah. <laughs> so I left you behind. It's, it's, it is awful, you know? Love, uh, love it there. All right. I swear to God, two, we're not going to hour two of honorable <laughs> mentions. Um, uh, pow. So I had, I had the, um, I had the subtitles on, uh, and I, I swear I've never picked this up and it's also canon canonically incorrect, by the way, uh, our pow, who I love pow. I have pow's a great character, that big mouth, that great shotgun mm-hmm. kind of blaster. So when the AT ACT shows up, which is a great little sequence, he yells, and and you don't really understand it, but when you have the subtitles up, he says, Carabast, at-at. <laughs> we all heard the Carabast, right? Yeah. Because we've been hearing that on Rebels at right. the time, right? Right, right. But it's just like, you know, and, 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 and so number one, it's incorrect. But I guess in that time, in that moment, I would love to be the Rebel soldier that goes, it's actually an A-T-A-C-T. It's a, it's a transport. Yeah, all-trained <laughs> armored cargo transport, pal. <laughs> I just love that little moment. And then, yeah, anytime Carabas shows up, it's great. So I love that one there. A little swear word. All right. <laughs> Final sequence. Swear to God. Um, the end of the movie, towards the end of the movie, Cassian and Jin have done what they need to do. They have sacrificed everything. And, and um, you know, uh, the Death Star uh, hasn't quite fired yet, uh, but they get the message out. And I love the exchange of, do you think anyone's listening? Jin says, uh, uh, I do. Someone's out there. Man, I just, it just... It's inspirational, and I I take it, it yes, it, on the surface is did our message get through to those ships above us, but I also take it a little bit, a little bit, if you follow me down that path, Joseph, of what what the end result was, some of the broom kid stuff in Last Jedi, and why mm-hmm. we need legends and why we need heroes. Do you think anyone's listening? I, I really take that as the galaxy as well. Is anyone listening? And I do. Someone's out there. Our, our message will get out, and the fight will go on. We might not, but the message will. I just, I, I just love that for this movie. Yeah. And I, I think it's such a great line too, because there is obviously the word hope gets used a few times in, uh, in rogue one. It is about hope. It is about hope versus fear versus apathy versus denial versus all these things. Uh, uh, but that idea of hope in the movie is, uh, a conceptual ideological thing, but it's also a personal thing about the trauma that, that Jin has gone through. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, what's part of what's so powerful about this is the, uh, do you think anyone got the message? Uh, yeah. Literally. Uh, but do you have personal hope for that? We made a difference. Right. Yeah. In that, to me, that's what she's saying is like, yeah, no, my, I do, you know, I, I have hope that someone is out there listening. Oh, indeed. Indeed. 
So uh, that's the discussion. No, we each have our number one choices. Um, I will go first so Joseph can wrap up the show with his number one uh, choice. Uh, but my favorite line of dialogue in Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I've been saying it since 2016, so you're all going to hear it now. I promise not to go on and on about this line, but I'll explain a little bit more of um, how and why. It is Admiratus, and it is his line coming out of uh, hyperspace to save the day, to begin to save the day. This is Admiratus of the Rebel Alliance, all squadron leaders report in. It's a nothing line. It's just, just functional. It's, it's what you would say. Uh, it's, you're about to go into fight. Uh, so let's do the roll call of squad leaders. It's something we've heard in Star Wars before. It's what he would say. I've always loved and gone on about what this line means to me, Joseph, of, of it is this proclamation, not of just war, it is, but a proclamation of, of we are the Rebel Alliance because we've just spent two hours with a rebel alliance that is tattered and it is broken and is it doesn't know the best way forward. And I'm not even saying Radis has been perfect all along the way. I know he and Akbar don't get along, you know, there's some heat there. <laughs> but we love what he represents. We love what the character's there for. We keep making the joke of him slapping that flipper down and saying we have to act. And I love, by the way, love Genevieve O'Reilly's sly smile when the word comes to her. Radis is gone. He's gotten his fleet and he's fighting and she smiles in that sense of it's here, war's here, and this is what we need to do. I have always taken that too. But here's why. See, a lot of you have heard me explain why. I, we enforce in our uh, – Joseph, as, as the moment you step to the table, we're always like, let's focus on themes. And, and, and Jennifer and I followed you on the adventure, and it's only made my love of Star Wars bigger and bolder and deeper. Just what are these movies and these stories and these books and these comics telling us? So I'm there for that. But I've always been a person, too, that looks at these stories. I've uh, explained it uh, elsewhere, too. I remember explaining in an argument on on Collider Jetta Council of like, no, I watch these movies as if they're living history documents. And and when it rolls out in front of me, to me, that is the answer of what happened. So I don't, I don't get hung up on too much of uh, my speculation didn't work or what if or they should have done this. Uh, I don't view it as uh, movie making. I view it as a story that I almost believe is real because it inspires <laughs> me and it continues to pull me in. And this moment represents so much of this journey that I've spent my whole life watching this rebellion try to fight the empire and having daydreams and stories and what is it like and the opening crawl of New Hope and, 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 and you know, spring it out from a secret rebel base and, and, and striking out from that base to make this attack. And I, I finally get to see it. And it is at the darkest moment in the, in the film. It, all hope is lost at this point. Uh, our troops on the ground, Rogue One, is, it's not going well. And that shot, it is such a Star Wars nerd chills shot of boom, X-Wings come out of hyperspace. Start, uh, not Star Destroyers, but the profundity and just rebel uh, capital ships come on out and boom, Radis is there. When he says this to me, it is saying that, that we are now in this fight. We've always been in it, but now we know how because the best way is listening to that voice in our, our hearts and we're here and, and this is the, the war and, and Radis dies. It doesn't go, it, it's everyone has uh, sacrifices for this fight. And it just moves me on that level. It moves me for the star Wars story. It's a big moment wrapped up in this line. That isn't, we're here to save the day. It's just saying I'm apparatus of the rebel Alliance and we're here. And that is the most important action. Yeah, no, I think, I think you really nailed it of the, the, it has, even though it's a, a functional line, it has the energy of you are not alone. Right. Mm -hmm. Of, uh, we we're the rebel alliance. We banded together to do something about the horror that's being inflicted on the galaxy. And mm -hmm. I am following through on what I committed to 
and yeah. what you all on the ground are bravely doing. And you are absolutely not alone, right? This is um, a, a different version of Yahoo. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. This is a different version of, you know, but there are more of us, Poe. There are more of us. That moment of just like mm-hmm. relief and fist pumping heroism uh, because you're not alone in trying to do the right thing. Someone's got your back, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what's so, Adam Morales has such short screen time, but it is just that that energy, right? Like he mm-hmm. just, he reminds me of like mentors or slightly older friends that I've had who have have got this like, uh, I've got myself together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when you're struggling, Hey, if so-and-so is going to swoop in and be there, then things are going to be okay. Like he's, it's not just the forward energy that I say we fight, you know, yeah. uh, uh, he doesn't have the energy of like, uh, he, he's, he'd like, he'd say that at a bar over trivia, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, he's got this like older mentor who has everything figured out. Right. Yeah. And I think that's in this line too, of the, the fact that it is just sort of um functional of like, this is Admiral Raddus of the Rebel Alliance. All squadron leaders report in. Uh, no BS. Let's get it done. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing it. Yeah. I see uh, I, I see. you've asked me to help uh, come over and move your uh, apartment to another apartment, but you're not at all organized. This is Admiral Raddus of the professional moving company. <laughs> let's go. Form a line. You know, it's yeah. it's just got that. We're getting this done. Energy. Getting it done. We're getting it done. And it's such a great Star Wars moment. It's such a great going back to the playgrounds and playing and being part of the Rebel Alliance. And 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 I think that's the final note for me. Of I'm not lying, folks. I, 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 I can occasionally work myself up in tears for this moment because also I just think my connection and, uh, and all of our connections growing up with the Rebel Alliance, the good guys, the good team. It's Leia's squad. It's Han. It's Luke, and and it just kind of I just kind of accepted that as like it was an easy choice for all of them because that's the, the these fairy tales. That's what happens. You go, uh, you go fight the the fight the dragon, uh, and, and I love that Star Wars, especially as time has rolled on, uh, going back as I always cite to the Return of the Jedi novel in describing the character of Mon Mothma lays all this out. That it was fractured, it was infighting, and she needed to sacrifice her position in the Senate. Uh, she needed to step forward as the leader, and, and that's in the DNA of the rebellion back in '83 in this novel. Um, but I didn't focus on it as much growing up. Just focused on grab your lightsaber, grab your blaster, go fight. Yeah, it's easy, it's easy. And Rogue One is this movie that's saying it's not easy. We acknowledge that, but this is the most important thing, and we are the Rebel Alliance. So that is it. That's why I sometimes watch that, and Grace will come out and be like, "Are you okay? Why are you crying?" I was really as rad as. It's Raddus. <laughs> I love it. I'm having a Raddus moment. Uh, that's my number one <laughs> choice, uh, Joseph. What is your number one choice? Uh, my number one is, uh, I bet people might know just by the uh, process of elimination, it is one of the most famous lines uh, from Rogue One. It have, is, of course, from Cassian Andor, and then quoted by Jyn Erso. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I think it is from both of their hearts, and it is, rebellions are built on hope. Uh, this is such an important idea and such an important line in Star Wars. We talk a lot about uh, hope versus fear. It is about how you look toward the future. Uh, you know, there's so much about Star Wars that's uh, about looking to the future. One of the most famous uh, moments that I think really grabbed a lot of people is Luke staring out of those twin sons. And is mm. he is he filled with hope about the future, about the possibilities, or is he afraid of what might happen? Uh, hope versus fear is such an underpinning of so much of Star Wars and Rogue One gives us this different kind of 
of fear. It is fear of physical death, uh, but it is also just apathy and cynicism. And, mm. uh, you know, it's hope for, uh, it's the idea of hope for, well, maybe if we can get to this Galen guy and maybe he's not that bad of a guy and we can get him to testify in front of the Senate, maybe we can get enough uh, people in the galaxy going, wow, this is wrong uh, versus the, the fear from Draven, right? Of like, yeah. nah, he, he's just, he's just a risk kill him. You know, yeah. that it, the, the hope versus feared battle is, is very different in Rogue One. Um, and it makes this idea of hope even more important and to me less saccharine, right? Um, yeah. Rogue One earns its sense of hope. And it, it, this line itself is also about that trust being built between Cassian and Jin to get to this moment. And I love that it's almost the first presentation of it almost has a little bit of energy of, of comedy, right? Of Cassian's telling Jin the plan on uh, Jeddah. And it isn't like this great, I've mapped everything out and we'll all be okay. There are no yeah. problems. Nothing can go wrong. It's this like, well, I'm going to just I'm gonna try to get to this person and ask them this thing. And that should hopefully, if I could get, if that tiny thing works, you know, it's basically Jin's speech of like, I'm going to take a chance. And then if yeah. that goes, I get to take another chance. And I keep taking chances. And Jin's you're like, that's your big plan. You're hoping for something. Yeah. And Cassian's like, yeah, rebellions are built on hope. And then Jin, you know, goes through this adventure and it's, you know, it's so great that she's quoting that back to uh, these people who are having that same fear of like, yeah, they, you know, vast Vasper and Nora Jabelle, like they want everything to be laid out and perfect. What is she proposing? Rando, whoever that is, like, <laughs> make us feel safe, make us not fear the future, you know? Mm. And mm. And she is quoting back to Cassian, like, I can't <laughs> yeah. make you not fear. We don't know what's going to happen, but we have to have hope that if we try, we can make a difference, right? Um, yeah. And I think what this line communicates so much to me is, when you just say the word hope again and again, or how are you going to solve this problem? Hope, you know, uh, you get just a, a greeting card that says hope, and <laughs> it can feel <laughs> saccharine. It can feel insincere. It can feel like, what does that even mean, right? And mm -hmm. I think... Rogue One backs up this line by illustrating this idea that, you know, hope isn't the solution. Hope is what you need to just keep fighting for the solution. Yeah. And she's, you know, basically saying, if there was an easy five-step plan full of safety mm. to get rid of the Empire, we would have all done that. We can't have that. So instead, we fight and we scrape and we take every little chance we can get and we hope that we can keep fighting. Yeah. Uh, it, this is the choice. It has to be the choice is our, our final discussion point because uh, I think this film, from 2016 to now, um, you know, the hope, the use of hope is have is it's heavy handed, right? In a sense, right? It's it's like Cassian absolutely. Stops, he stops and says it. Jin stops and says it. It ends on uh, Leia saying it, and then it's easy to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, we get it. The next film's a new hope, 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 hope. I think this is one of those cases, and I, I think the movie was was essentially saying it, but I think even more more now as Star Wars grows on and and people have different opinions, fans, Star Wars fans have different opinions on on what's there in these movies for all of them. I do think there's a little bit of the energy of uh, George Lucas going, yeah, I put these movies together about uh, hope. Um, you didn't get it. <laughs> and here's why. And let me try to explain why. George doesn't have anything to do with this film, I know, but it's so connected to the heart of that kind of stuff. Um, 
And I just think that's what, what, why it works for me now and everything you're describing is so, so right of just, it isn't the solution. Again, going to my thoughts on Radis of, uh, it isn't that we're here to win. It's that we're here. Uh, and, and that's, that's the victory and that's where we're built from. And that all f- comes from hope and star Wars being about hope and hope versus fear. It should be this, it should be the line and, Cassian, you get points for saying it first. <laughs> Jin deploys it. Jin comes to believe it. Jin gets credit too. But let's let's not have the Cassian erasure. Uh, <laughs> that is a that is both of their lines, right? That's part mm-hmm. of the power of it, right? Is that she is saying it to them, but she's also saying it to him, right? Yeah. Uh, to go all the way back to your great points about uh, trust and their line of trust goes both ways. Like they they have come together, and this line is a symbol of it. Yeah. Absolutely indeed. And as, so at the, as the core of this movie, it's the core of Star Wars. And that is why it is uh, your number one choice and our number one choice for our favorite line uh, lines in Rogue One. Wow. Joseph, that was quite a list. I think we yeah. knew we were going to go a little bit here. Um, <laughs> Rogue One, look, you talk up top why Rogue One is so well received. There, You know, and again, not without, I could go into some second act thoughts. It, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever. This is what here, as we hear in this movie, it's powerful and it's important in Star Wars. It's been a fun journey uh, going over uh, all this stuff with you here today, sir. Completely agree. Yeah. Like I said uh, earlier, I I could have, here's this thought about Rogue One, here's this thought about Rogue One. But uh, the overall effect is so powerful uh, that I'm right there with uh, so many other Star Wars fans. I really love this film. And it was really fun to celebrate um, the big important ideas, uh, the the tear-worthy moments, and also just the Fun, wild delivery. What is Joseph proposing? We have fun <laughs> about Star talking, talking about Star Wars. All right, friends, we're out of here for this week. We are the Force Center Podcast feed. We can be found on Twitter, Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. You can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. And you can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Don't forget, we're in a lot of different spots, including Amazon Music and Spotify. If you don't like using the big old fruit, machine anymore but we're there as well on apple podcasts uh you can find me at ken Napsock or my website kennapsock.com have upcoming comedy dates in washington dc in december check the page there for more information joseph where can they find and follow you yeah you can follow me twitter instagram tiktok is at joseph scrimshaw uh engage your computers and start probing that social media if you want and you can find all of my other uh comedy adventures on my website at josephscrimshaw.com do it, my friends. Do it so for Admiratus, for Cassian Jin, K2, uh, Sherrit, Bayes Malbus, uh, and of course, uh, Bodhi Rook, and uh, all of the rebels, rebels who are rebelling, all the rebels, all the rebels who are rebelling. <laughs> That's it for this week. Star Wars has been right. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.